today. Open your Bibles with me to John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. And uh, if I had to put a title on this message today, it would be this. Facing the pressures of life. Anybody going through any pressure? Today, um, I'm going to teach you about this. How to face the problems and the pressures of life in God. What the word of God says about it. Listen, watch this. We're not a people without a covenant. We're not a people without hope. We're not a people without a God. Think about that. Ephesians chapter 2 says this. At one time we were alienated. At one time we were without God. We were without a promise. We were without a hope. We were without a covenant. But now in Christ Jesus, we're made nigh. Nigh to what? Nigh to God. Nigh to the promises of God. Nigh to the hope of God. And nigh to the covenant of God. So why do we walk around all the time with our heads hang, hanging down like we don't know God, that we don't have a God, that we don't have a covenant, that we don't have a promise? Watch this. This is, the, the, this is Jesus' will and testament for you and I. This is what it belongs to. That's my will and testament for you. Watch this. A will and testament doesn't do us any good until we know what is written on the inside of this and said, that belongs to me. As long as you're willing to sit down and settle that it doesn't belong to you, that belongs, it's a history book, or it belongs to some of the pastors and not us, that's a lie. Listen, Jesus paid an awful price for you and I. I tell him every day. Every day I get up in prayer, I say, Lord, I, don't, I want to walk worthy of your blood and your suffering. Everything you bought and paid for, I want it to walk worthy of that. I don't want your suffering and the blood you shed to be in vain for me. I want to walk in it so that other people can see it. They can experience it so that they're drawn to you through what I'm walking through. I want that. And today we're going to have it. Today we're going to walk in that. John chapter 16, verse 33. Facing the pressures of life. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I used to tell them all of that when I was going through, uh, I don't know about y'all, where I come from, when we're going through a whole lot of problems, we call it hell. <laughs> okay. Uh, I heard one guy say this years ago, if you're going through hell, if you're catching hell, don't hold it. And if you're going through hell, don't stop. That's a good thought. Watch this. I used to, when I read this verse years ago, I used to tell him, I said, well, that's easy for you to say. You're in heaven. I'm going through this mess. He said, Randy, I live on the inside of you. By the power of the Holy Spirit. If you'll just apply the word of God and be a doer of the word of God and obey my spirit. What's on the inside of you will come out of you and defeat the problem you're working through. Same thing. Watch this. Facing the pressures of life. Notice this. Jesus said in me. You're going to have peace. In the world, you're going to have pressure. Watch this. Every eye right here. Jesus said, peace and pressure coexist. Peace and problems coexist at the same time. How can that be? When he started speaking this to me. How could that be? I was one night praying. And I said, how can that be? Peace and pressure. All coexisting at the same time. In the midst of great pressure, in the midst of great problems, I could have great peace right in the midst of it. Watch this. In a hurricane, they've got destructive winds all the way around that hurricane. 
I mean, it's tearing everything apart. But right in the center of that hurricane is the eye. In the eye, it's clear. I mean, no strong winds. There's sunshine, birds singing. I mean, all these things going on. But yet, the closer you get to the eye wall, the more destructive forces are blowing around it. How many of you have ever remember Betsy? How many of you are old enough for that? Okay, none of you. Okay, so a couple of us, okay? Okay, I located everybody. Well, I remember I was a young boy in Laurelville when Betsy came across. All of a sudden, it was tearing up everything. All of a sudden, we thought as young, as young kids, we said, the, the hurricane must be over. Because all of a sudden, there was sunshine. It was all good. They had birds. They had, uh, um, they had all kind of stuff in that middle of that eye. You would not imagine what they had in the middle of that eye. Beautiful weather. And they said, no, the storm is not over. We're just in the eye. And all of a sudden, it got dark again. And the winds came from the other section. But watch this. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have pressure. But watch. In me, you're going to have peace. In the midst of that, you're going to have some peace. I'm going to keep you in the eye of the storm. I'm going to keep you right there in the middle of it. Right in the midst of everything you're going through. I'm going to give you peace. You'll have peace right in the middle of it. Watch this. Deep sea divers, they work where there's a lot of pressure. They work where there's tremendous pressure. But they, 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 they built them a suit that they can get in this suit and they can work where there's tremendous pressure. They don't feel the pressure. They work in the pressure. They're in the pressure, but not of the pressure. The suit is taking all the pressure that they're working in. But right there in the midst of all that pressure, they're working right in the midst of it and they're not feeling any pressure. Jesus is saying, let me be the suit that you put on. Let me, let me put your suit on right here. The suit of it is peace in the midst of pressure. I'll give you peace right in the middle of it. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Put on your, put on your, your precious suit. Watch this. And y'all know this. But I'm, I'm going to give you all a few things about this that maybe y'all don't know. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be careful. Do y'all have that on the board? That verse? Not Okay, watch this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Let me ask you something. What nothing means? <laughs> okay. What does nothing mean? Be anxious for nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Be anxious. Don't let... Jesus said this. In me, you'll have peace. Okay? I'm going to give you peace, not like the world gives you, but I'm going to give you some peace, not like the world gives world only gives you temporary peace, but I'm going to be your peace right in the midst of this thing. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So if Jesus said, not for me to let my heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid... Would he tell me to do something I could not do? No. So how do we, how do we handle when the, the pressures of life are coming upon us? When we're sensing all these things. Watch this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Watch this. And the peace of God. That passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That is your precious suit. Pastor Randy, I prayed and I still got the care on me. Pray again. I keep praying for it, but I still feel the pressure come. Pray it again. Keep praying. Watch this. Until the peace comes. Peace is a down payment of the promise. Peace is the down payment. 
No, I don't see it yet. But guess what? I've got peace right in the midst of the problem. So now, what's, what's handling the problem? It's the peace of God. Christ in me is coming out of me now. And he's handling the pressure of it. When I'm going through the midst of pressure, he's handling all the pressure. Watch this a quote. Do you all have the quote for, um, for Andrew Murray up here? <clears throat> Watch this. Watch what Andrew Murray said. When I work, I work. But when I pray, God works. Look at this. So as long as I'm working, listen, if I'm trying to fight my battles, if I'm trying to get my kids back, uh, coming back to act normal, if I'm worried about my job, if I'm working all these things, guess what? I'm working. But the minute I start praying, God starts working. And I walk in the peace of that. I walk in the peace of that. I want to read you another um, quote. Peace of mind is available freely if we let go of these three things. Y'all ready? Say this with me before I, I, I tell you all those three things. Say this with me. Oh, how I love Pastor Randy. Okay, well, okay I want to know that. <clears throat> Peace is available to us. If we let go of these three things. Number one, criticizing. My Jesus. Why do you have to come from Lowerville to come over here and mess us up in Eunice? Watch this. Let go of these three. Don't be critical. Start praying. Watch, Watch that. If God shows you something wrong with somebody, it's because it's in you. He's trying to get, he's trying to kill two birds with one stone. Y'all better put a smile on me. I'll tell you why I'll walk out of here right now. I'll go back to Lafayette where they love me at. Watch this. Watch. If he's trying to kill two birds with one stone, if he's allowing you to see it, he wants you to pray. So he wants to get it out of you. Watch this. Watch this. You see, when when the beam is out of your eye, I can clearly see how to pull the speck out of somebody else's eye. But if the beam is still in my own eye, the only thing I'll do is criticize. But once I pull it out of my eye, I can see clearly. I know know what you're going through. I can help you get out of that. How do you know? I've been there. God, God worked on me. That plow came on me first. I know how to pull it out of you. The next thing, if, how many of you want peace? Watch this. The next thing, quit comparing yourself to other people. Quit comparing yourself to people. Quit judging yourself by what you're going through. By look, like they never go through anything, but you don't know what they're going through. Quit comparing yourself. Listen, God is unique. You're unique. Be an original. And quit being a, a copy of somebody else. God is unique. Don't try to be like anybody else. Be like a Reebok tennis shoe. It lets you be you. Be original. The third thing is quit complaining. Watch this. When, guess what? Nothing never happens to me. And if you keep that up, nothing will. Watch this. In everything, when I work, I work. But when I start praying about everything that comes into my life, God begins to work. So guess what? Right here. I've come to help you today. This word becomes my evidence of something I can't see. This word becomes my evidence. This word becomes my eyes. How do you know God is working? Because of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7. Because God is not a man that he should lie. God is going to perform this word. God is moving on my back. How do you know he's working with your children? Going out there. Let me tell you something. Look right here. Look right here. 
Your kids can get away from what you say. But they can't get away from what you pray. Oh, oh, I tell you, right there in the in the middle of the bar where they're carrying on acting the fool. God is can go in the middle of that bar and start impeding. Where would you be if you wouldn't be right right here right now? They can, God can go get them in another state, in another country. God is the original internet service. Send it one way, he can spread it out all kind of ways. He can contact people in any area. Y'all say amen in this church? Watch this. I want to take my time with this though. I want to share with you about a man... That faced pressures all of his life. I want to know what this guy did. How many of you know? How many of you like a doctor to go to a doctor, uh, a surgeon that never operated on anybody? He got a lot of book knowledge, <laughs> but he never been through nothing. I want to tell you something. I want somebody. Uh, uh, you've been through some stuff. I want. To, I want somebody to talk to me that's been through hell and back. I want somebody that's been through the wilderness and made it to tell me how to walk through it. I don't want somebody with just book knowledge coming at me. Same thing. So I want to look at this guy, David. David, how did you face the problems of life? How did you face the pressures that came on you? Let me give you a few things about David's life. David faced his boss trying to kill him. And stayed chasing him for years. That's a little pressure. Wouldn't y'all think? Your boss hired you and now he wants to kill you. Maybe it was just for sport that he hired you. Just so he could kill you. I don't know. Watch this. He faced the loss of a son. How many of you know that's pressure? He faced his daughter got raped. That's pressure. Oh, didn't I tell you? His daughter got raped by his son. How many of you know that's some pressure? His, one of his sons got murdered. How many of you know that's a little pressure? I forgot to tell you though. It's one of his sons that killed his son. Another son got, died in battle. When he was trying to overthrow David. His army killed him. How many of you know that's a little pressure? <clears throat> David lost friends. He lost, he had family feuds. He experienced betrayal. Anybody felt betrayed in here before? Okay. He had enemies from within and enemies from without. He had sickness and disease. And we think we've got pressure. Turn with me to uh, Psalms 27. Psalms 27. Y'all got it on the board? No? No? You don't got it? Okay. That's all right. Psalms 27. I want you to see. I want to look at his life for a minute. I want to see, David, how did you handle the pressures of life? Watch this. Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes came up upon me to eat up my flesh. That's cancer. They stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire at his temple. Notice how David handled the pressures, all the pressures he went through. He said this, one thing am I, have I desired. That's what I'm going after right now. I'm going after dwelling in the presence of God. David knew that his help came from God. 
Listen, I deal with people every day with problems of life. Every day. I deal with people. I ask them, what is God telling you? I don't know. Are you in the word? No. Oh yeah, how about your prayer life? I don't have one. Watch this. In the day we're living in, we need the presence of God. In the day that we're living in, we need this book to become a reality to you. This book has to become, it's your life. This is your life. You can't live without it. You can't be a man of God without it. You can't be a woman of God without this book. This book is food for your soul. If you just read it every day and don't understand anything you're saying, you still grow. <laughs> Somebody said, I've been reading the word. I don't understand nothing. Well, that's okay. Just keep it. Keep that after it. <clears throat> Watch this. You give a bottle to a baby. The baby don't know what you're giving him. He just eats. He doesn't ask, what you, what you put in there? I don't think I like that. No, he just eats. The Bible says, as, des- as, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that we might grow thereby. Look, this book right here is what food is for your natural body. This word is for your spirit and your soul. It will cause your spirit man to dominate your physical man. And it will cause you to be the man of God that God's called you to be. And the woman of God God's called you to be. When this word starts speaking to you, then guess what? You're off the milk and you're on meat. All of a sudden, this becomes alive to me. Then guess right here. Then guess what? I'm no longer an echo no more. Pastor Jamie said this about the Lord. Pastor James, Pastor Cheryl said this about the Lord. Guess what? It might be working in their life, but as long as you're just saying it's what they said, you ain't getting nothing. You got to be a voice in this thing. This is what Jesus said to me. This is my book. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Why? Because he said it to me. I'm no longer an echo. I'm a voice now. I heard him myself. I saw him myself. This is alive to me now. And when I tell other people about it, it's catching. That fire that comes from the living word starts catching on people. When you leave this place today, You know what you're going to want to do? You're going to want to go get in this book. A hunger for Jesus is going to come on you. I want to see this. I want to get in this book. David did this. David did this. If I can get to the presence of God, if I can get into his presence, everything's going to be all right. The presence of God is my refuge. The presence of God is where I'm going to. That's where my help is coming from. I'm going to go. I'm going to get where some other people are going to the presence of God. I'm going to hear from the Lord. You see, by I'm sharing in here. Watch this. You think you're listening to me. You know, I'm just, I'm just a voice. The Holy Spirit can take one word that I say and it becomes alive to you. Your life is changed forever. Right there. <clears throat> can I take a side journey? Let me do it. Somebody needs it. Watch this. Peter minding his own business, fishing and didn't catch anything. There's somebody in here just like Peter today. Peter was sitting down minding his own business, cleaning the nets and broke. Plum broke, didn't catch nothing. All of a sudden, Jesus said, That's some of them preachers come out. Let me use your boat so I can preach out of. Peter said, Well, okay, go ahead. Like I could, I could see him. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, you should soon use my boat because we didn't do nothing with it. So he gets in the boat and and he's preaching. Jesus is preaching. Peter's sitting in the boat. Watch this. Jesus tells Peter, Peter, okay, you let me use your boat. And Peter was listening to the word of God. Jesus said, Peter, launch that boat back out one more time. And take your net and throw it out and you're going to catch some fish. Peter, watch what Peter said. You're a preacher. I'm a businessman. I'm a fisherman. What do you know about business and fishing? 
except that he created everything. Jesus creates everything. And when he speaks, things listen. When he speaks, back your boat up, throw your net off, fish is coming. Because they obey him. People might not obey him, but fish and everything else obeys him. <laughs> Watch that. Watch this. So Peter said, I'm a le- okay, I'm going to let out the net. And Jesus said, nets. He limited God. He limited God, but watch, he reasoned up. He reasoned it instead of obeying. And when he threw the net out, it loaded up everything. It called his partners, come on, load up your boat, the fish are here. Guess what? And God had something more planned for Peter than Peter thought about himself. Jesus said, throw some nets out. And Peter limited God. I'm going to take one net. This probably ain't going to work, so it won't be too hard for us to pull it all back in when there's no nets, when there's no fish in it. And they loaded the boat up. Right here. This is a word for somebody in here. Sometimes something you've gone after and it didn't work. God is bringing the second word back to you again through this book. Launch out again and your net will be full. Hmm. Watch this about the presence of the Lord. Look what David said. What does the presence of God do to us? It gives us rest. Aren't you, aren't you tired struggling? Right here. Come on, church. Y'all, y'all live in here already? The presence of God gives us rest. Aren't you tired struggling? It gives us fullness of joy. And His presence is fullness of joy. It gives us strength and glory and gladness. Mountains melt in the presence of God. God gives us protection. It gives us peace. It brings us refreshing. And the presence of God refreshes us and renews us. I find no fault in Jesus. He's good all the time. I don't care what bad things are coming. If you just hang around there long enough, hold on, Rand. I'll make it good for you. I'll make it right. See, some right here. Some of y'all want to, y'all got the quit spirit on y'all. Y'all want to give up too soon. Y'all want to give up, y'all want to throw in that, let me tell you something. Winners never quit and quitters never win. (laughs) Pastor Andy, have you ever wanted to quit? (laughs) What? I've been married, it's going to be 44 years. Let me tell you, watch this. Let me just take a side journey. Some of these side journeys are pretty good. Probably almost better than the message, I think. Watch this. God put my marriage back together again. It's going to be, you know, 36 years. It's going to be you know, 36 years ago. Going there with me. I wasn't even living with my wife. Back then, we were living somewhere else. She was living in the house. We had the divorce papers and all that stuff. The Lord gave me a dream and said, go back to your wife. I was in my 20s and just as dumb as a rock. Watch this. Had a lot of money. You know what? I can give you the formula for failure. Give somebody a lot of money and no character. Give them a lot of power with no character. That is the formula for destruction. Guess what? That was me. So God took it all away from me. And taught me some character. Thank you, Lord. I'd never trade a, a day that the, what I went through for what I got now. Never traded. So he spoke to me in a dream. Get out of here and go back to your wife. And they said, uh, did he say either or? I said, no, but I had so much fear in me when he told me I was moving. The next morning I got up, I'm gone. I'm getting up. Well, you know, I'm going back to my wife. 
I got back home. I knocked on that door. I had my clothes in my hand. She opened that door. What are you doing here? She went, I, I said, uh, I had a dream. I thought it was Martin Luther King for a while, you know, because that's when Martin Luther King was walking. I said, I'm going to be just like, I'm going to take what he's saying. It worked for him. It worked for me. I got a dream. She said, what kind of dream you had? I said, the Lord told me to come back to you. Come back. He wants our marriage to go. I said, but I don't love you. How you, how many you think, how, how much you think that went over? That went over like a lead balloon. She looked at me with fire in her eyes. I mean, it's like, ray, I mean, just piercing me. She said, she said, Randy, I had the same dream last night. God told me to come back together with you and don't feel pregnant. I don't love you either. I said, well, look, that's good. I said, look, that's good. We don't have no junk in the trunk. Watch this. Watch this. Cheryl, can I take a little time? Y'all mind if I just rotate around in here a little bit? It looks like somebody needs this thing. So let me just flow with the Holy Ghost. Watch this. You know why when God put us back together again, we didn't have nothing to lose and we we were dissatisfied on what we liked and what we had in our marriage? We just started speaking the truth together together towards one another when it was all in destruction. When we should have been doing that when everything was good. So right here, we decided, well, we have nothing to lose. So let's speak the truth to one another. Well, let me tell you about you. Well, let me tell you about you. So I went back and forth. So God had to deliver us from that. And watch. To get self off the throne. God was trying to get me off the throne. Put Jesus there. To show my wife how much he loved her through me. He did the same thing for my wife. And guess what? That was going to be 44 years. Was it easy? Um, Can I use this word in here? Hell no. (laughs) I'm not religious and I don't plan on being religious now. I have a relationship with Jesus. And guess what? Guess what? No, it wasn't easy. Why? Death is not easy. Dying is not watch. They didn't tell y'all when y'all got married, it was a celebration in a funeral. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't tell y'all that. They should have told y'all. They should have told y'all that. So listen, here we are today to bury Bill and Susie. <laughs> then we're going to join them in together in matrimony as they resurrect. Watch this, you guys. Let me, let me, let me, let me roll on you a little bit. You got, listen, there's no such thing as going out with the boys. Don't do what you want to do anymore. Your life is not your own. They didn't tell you that in the contract. Watch. You, I mean, listen, marriage is for mature people. For people that don't want to be single no more. If you still want to be single, why you got married? Hmm. Okay. Okay, y'all close the door on me. I'm going to walk away from that. (laughs) I'm glad I came. Watch this pressure. But watch this. We went through it. And you know what God did? I spent time in the presence of God. I was so grateful. When Jesus came in the world to save a sinner, to save sinners, I said, look no further. Right here. You got a candidate here. Okay. He saved me, filled me, put me on the right track, restored my mind. And now my wife and I, we enjoy the fruits. So many people come sit down every week and they eat of the fruit of our marriage. They pull a, I mean that, eat on that a bit. Sit down right here under my shade, under the shade of Christ in me. Eat the fruit. Eat, keep eating. When you get to the seeds, now go plant those same seeds in your thing, in your family, and let God grow it. Okay? Praise God. 
Watch this. Pressure can work for you or against you. You got that? Okay. Hey, if you ain't got it, don't worry about it. I got it. Watch this. Watch this. It's not the pressure that destroys you. It's the way you respond to pressure that destroys you. Right here, church. Eunice, OSC. It's not the pressure that destroys you. If pressure could destroy you, it would destroy that guy with that, that deep diving suit on. It didn't do that to him. Listen, diamonds. Listen about this. Diamonds are made under pressure. So is dust. It's not the pressure that makes the diamond. It's the content under pressure. Pressure is going to work for you. Christ in you. The only thing pressure is doing, watch this, is unlocking the, the diamond, the beauty that's on the inside of you. It'll release Christ into your life. And let Jesus handle the pressure. But we'll see the beauty of God that's coming out of this thing. Number two, it takes a certain amount of pressure to, to make a violin play right. They put so much pressure on it to where, pion, 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 pion. they keep putting pressure on it. But too much pressure, it'll bust the strings. You need, pr- right here, boy, it's a boy, Pastor Ray, you come into You need pressure. You need it. Watch the third one. Watch the third point. Weights are used to develop muscles. Everybody goes to the gym. Okay, I don't. Watch it. To some people, weights throw their backs out. It's not the weight that hurts us. It's how we handle the weight. Why is it somebody can take 20 pounds and work that 20 pound look and develop their muscles like me. Okay. Other people will take 20 pounds and they'll throw their back out. Was it the weight and the pressure? Or is how they handle the pressure? Let me show you how to handle this pressure right here. Second Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You all got that? Okay. No, not yet. All right. Tell me when you got it. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Watch this. Y'all got it. For our light afflictions are pressure, which is but for a moment. Worketh for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Watch this. Um, when I had cancer, and my, they thought my wife had cancer and all, I, I went, uh, I came back home one night. She was in the hospital and all this other stuff. And so I got, I said, Lord, I started quoting him this word. I started pleading my case before God. I said, okay, okay. You said you'd not give me no more than I can handle. He said, well, I said that. I'll tell you something. I like it when he says that. And I said, well, okay. He says, no temptation has taken man, but well, temptation, but it's common to man. But with the temptation, you'll make a way of escape. That's what you, I read it to him. He said, that's true. Out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that's true. He said, the only problem with that, you just don't know how much you can take. <laughs> I said, what? He said, you just don't know how much you, watch this. See, God looks at our potential. See, when the pressure's on, we start screaming, I got enough! I, I can't take no more! If I'm the only one that ever said that, I can't handle it! I, said, I can't take no more! I've got enough! And guess what? He just holds it right there. You know what I noticed about the Lord? He don't stop because we cry. Why? He's a good daddy. He can see your potential. I thank God he didn't quit when I was crying. He stayed with it. And guess what? His glory came out of him. That's what he's after. Watch this. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. The glory of God is on the inside of us. 
So that when the pressure's on, everything looks bad outside. It looks bad. And we press into him. And listen, the pressure's on us. It releases. It breaks the outside of the jar of clay. But then the treasure comes out, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when the glory comes out, Jesus said, be of good cheer. In this, in me, you can have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But I've overcome the world. And I live in you. And when my presence comes out of you, I'll overcome that problem you're in. Watch what he goes on to say. Work as far as the more exceeding eternal weight of glory. It's working for us. While we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are eternal. But the things that are not seen are, it's, are eternal. The things that are seen are temporal. Watch this. He said, this thing is working for me. That co-worker that's giving you a hard time, next time you pass by, hurry him, high five him, and say, you're working for me. That husband that's giving you a hard time, cook him some breakfast and say, thank you, Jesus. He's working for me right now. (laughs) Touch your neighbor right now and say, he's talking about you. (laughs) He's talking to you right now. He's talking to you. Watch this. It's working for me. He said, it's a light affliction. It's working for me. The pressure is working for me. Say this with me. Pressure is working for me. Watch this. While I don't look at the things that are seen, I've got to look at something other. I've got to look at this word. I've got to look at what he's going to accomplish in my life. I've got to look at the promise of God. As long as I keep looking at my problems, I'm going to faint. When I keep looking at this word, My hope stays there. Vision stays there. It gives me something to look forward to. That's what faith is. Faith is looking forward to something. David said this. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? Do you have your believer out there? This book right here is for believers to believe God to do so for the goodness of God in your life. For God to do a miracle. Pastor Tim and I, the leader talk all the time. I said, well, I believe in miracles. He said, I'm right there with you. We, we kind of, we kind of spur each other on with this book. We believe for miracles. We believe, we believe God can do anything. I believe in the ability of God. What they had to do is just believe for it. I ain't got to work for it. I just got to believe for it. Let me give you a couple of points. See if you got these two points on the board. Number one, don't make a permanent statement about a temporary position you find yourself in. Don't make a permanent statement about a temporary situation you find yourself in. It's temporary. Quit declaring in your life, this is the way you're going to be forever. Listen, it's working for you. You're coming out of this financial stress you're in. You're coming out. Your marriage, whatever it is right now. Listen, it can be a whole lot better. Believe God to make your husband into the man that he's supposed to be. Believe God to make your wife into the woman she's supposed to be. And hold on to it. Don't turn it loose because you don't see it right away. Something good is coming to you. Psalms 31, 19 says this. Right here. Let me give you a great word. Psalms 31, 19 says this. How great is his goodness, which he has laid up for those who fear him, for those who will trust him before the sons of men. His goodness is laid up. Well, Lord, if it's laid up, how am I going to get it from being laid up there and being laid up at my house? It's to believe. 
I believe you to see the goodness. Every morning I get up, I say, something good is coming to me today. Something good, good gifts are coming my way. Good opportunities, good investments are coming. Good gifts, good things are coming my way. He satisfies me with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from my father. Watch this. Ladies, y'all ready? He that finds a wife finds a good thing. I look at my wife, you're a good thing. How can something, when God says, how can something good become so not good in marriage? God says it's good. Watch this, watch this. He that handles a matter wisely shall find good. Goodness is wrapped up in a package in a problem. Wisdom unwraps the package to let you get to the good and mind it in the problem. Y'all got that? Let me say it again. Goodness is wrapped up in a package in a problem. It's stuck in there. Wisdom lets me see the goodness in a problem to unwrap the package to mind it. He that handles a matter wisely shall find good. So it doesn't matter what comes your way. Yeah, but you don't know what I've lost. God, I don't know how he does it. I will make all things work together for good. I'll make it work for good. Yeah, but my wife left me. I'll make it good. Yeah, but my boss, they laid me off. Let me tell you something. Right here. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. Whether the company says you're coming in or you're going out, you're blessed. Now watch this. I said that. But you know something? When you're going through it, it's not so much as what I say. It's what you say when you're going through it. What time y'all normally knock off? <laughs> Tell you what, let's go. I'm a clo- I'm a close. Let me give you four sharp points. I want to unload on y'all. That's what I came to do today. I just want to take my time and unload it. I want to just deposit some stuff in you. That's all I'm doing today. I'm planting seeds. I'm just going to flow with it. Watch this. Let me show you a a few things that David did. Um, Psalms 27. Psalms 27. I'm going to give you four points and I'm going to cut you loose. Notice what David said in verse 1. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Notice what he did right here. David released his faith when fear and problems came against him. David said, the Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Release your faith in problems. Quit talking about your problems, how big your problems is. And start talking how big your God is. David looked at Goliath. And Goliath said, you, you little ruddy thing. Uh, what are you doing? Like Goliath was, you know, just... Kind of upset by, y'all sent me a little boy to come beat me. See? But David says, you uncircumcised Philistine. Today, God's going God's to give me you in my hand. And I'm going to cut, you, I'm gonna cut you, your neck off. I thought ISIS was back there in the Bible too, cutting necks off. That, that came from David. Beheading people. And he didn't even have a sword. Okay? But he used the sword of that. Talk your faith. Philemon 1 6 says, My faith becomes effectual by acknowledging every good thing in me in Christ. Every good thing. 
every good thing in you. Let your faith be released. Your faith is operative. Your faith goes to work. When you believe God and you release your faith. Can I say a couple of things? It'll be be worth it. I promise you it'll be worth it. If you just listen to me, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth your time. Let me shock you. I want to shock you so much that you're going to say, oh, okay, we might not get him back out of here. Well, that's okay. I'll take that chance. You can believe God all day long and not get nothing from him. <laughs> Watch this. Watch it. And you know how I know that? Because the Lord brought me that, brought it to me. So watch this. You can believe the devils believe God. But you see, the difference between believing and faith, I believe it. Now faith, I'm acting on it. And I'm holding on to that. Watch this. You can have a guy come in here and a doctor come diagnose this guy. This guy's about, it looked like he's about ready to die and all that. The doctor diagnoses him. And said, Doc, what's the diagnosis? This guy is dying. He's going to die in the next couple of minutes if if, if something will happen with him. What's the prognosis? What should we do? He's dying of starvation. If he eats and he drinks water, he doesn't have to die. Okay. Go to the guy. What you like to eat? I like fried pork chops, rice dressing, uh, potato salad. Get him a big plate of that stuff. We'll bring it right in some water. Sir, do you believe... That if you eat this pork chop, rice dressing, potato salad, drink this water, you won't have to die. Do you believe that? I do believe that. Do you really believe that? I really believe that. What church do you go to? I go to OSC. I really believe that. Two minutes later, he dies. Let me ask you something. Was it true in what he believed? Was it right in what he believed? Why didn't he, why did he have to die? He didn't eat. He didn't act on what he believed. Big difference. Big difference. Acting on the promises, holding on to that promise that your life depends on it. I I acted and there it is. When you believe God and it's in your heart, you're acting, it's coming out of your mouth. David said this. The Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? I'm not talking about something out your head. I'm talking about something in your heart that God's revealed to you. Acting on the word. Number two, David remembered. Look at Psalms, verse two and three. When the wicked, even my enemies came up, and my foes came up to eat up my flesh, they stumbled. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this I'll be confident. David remembered what God did for him. Call to remembrance. Look where you are today. Look, you're sitting in here. God saved you. Why don't you go, Lord, I remember what you did for me. I remember what you did. I remember how you, how you did this for me. David, remind, remind himself. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. I want to tell you, when you're going through a dark time of life, you need to encourage yourself. Take that promise out. Start reminding yourself what God did for you. I remember, Lord, when you put my marriage back together. I remember when you delivered me from rejection. I remember when you delivered me from anger. I remember when you delivered me from lust. Start encouraging them. I remember you delivered me from cancer. Glory. I remember that. I remember when your presence came into my living room and you spoke to me and you resurrected me. I remember when you told me that you were going to raise me from the dead. I remember that and you did it. The only reason he raised me from the dead was to come speak to you. That's it. <laughs> not to take up more oxygen I can tell you that watch this the third thing David said in verse 4 one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that it may dwell in the house of 
of the Lord forever and behold the beauty of the Lord and inquired his temple. The third thing is, watch this, he rethought his priorities. You know, when I was going through cancer and they told me, said, you got a tough road ahead of you, uh, Mr. Randy. You got a rare cancer, fast moving, hard to cure. You got a tough, you know, I wasn't looking for, I wasn't looking for more money. I wasn't looking for businesses or investments. It's funny how when the pressure is on, all of a sudden we start rethinking priority. Our priorities get pretty narrow. Think about it. David said this, watch, a man after God's own heart with all those pressures that came upon him. He he narrowed his whole life down to this. One thing have I desired and one thing am I going after that I may dwell in the presence of the Lord. For in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his presence. He will lift my head up above my enemies. He'll set me upon a rock. And you see, that's where, when the rock you set upon that rock, revelation, authority, power, resurrection power comes out of that. Listen, Martha and Mary. Today in business world, we'd look at somebody like Martha and say, Martha, boy, she's a go-getter. Mary, you little lazy thing. Mary was sitting out at the feet of Jesus. Martha was worried about everything. When I used to be in the oil field years ago, I mean a long time ago, I, I, I learned a secret uh, on the rigs. You get your big crescent wrench, a uh, big pipe wrench, and you walk around fast, make as if you're nervous, and nobody's going to ask you nothing. <laughs> make as if you're going somewhere, not doing nothing, but boy, I mean, you're working. <clears throat> I learned that. Maybe that's why I'm not in the oil field in a month. <laughs> Watch this, though. Watch it. Martha was nervous about all kind of stuff. And she looked at Mary, won't you? Jesus, won't you tell Mary to come and help me serve? Jesus looked at Martha and said, Martha, Martha. Sometimes Jesus got to shock the daylights out of it. He said, Martha, Martha, wake up. You're careful and worried about all kind of crazy things. But Mary chose that good part that shall not be taken away from her. You either spend time or time will be spent. Take time or time will be taken. You choose. Martha chose what's priority. Jesus can heal your marriage. He can heal your body. He can heal your children. He can heal anything. He can heal your rejection. He can do anything. Listen, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed. Maybe we've changed, but he doesn't change. He's doing the same today. Well, I don't know if I have enough faith. He gave you faith and you got just enough to do what you got to do. Use it. Shout amen, somebody. Okay, one more and we're going through. It's just like that big old guy going through a barbed wire fence. A couple of more points and I'll be through. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> The last thing, I even lost my place here. The last thing, verse 6. Now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies. I will offer in his tabernacle the sacrifices of joy. David, what's this? David offered a sacrifice of joy when he's going through the problems. Watch this. Anybody can praise God when you got it in your pocket. That doesn't take too much faith. Anybody, when your marriage is all good, everything's all good, you can start praising God and thanking God then. Let me tell you something. Look right here. I'm not a religious person. I have a relationship with him. And if I come across solid, it's because the, the one who has solid is in me. We're not, we're not variations. We're not, we're, not, we're not going off of that. I believe he's the same. He can do what he says he'd do. Listen, watch this. Does God want you and I to have integrity? I want to see if you believe that. Does God want us to have integrity? Lift up your hands. Would God tell you to do something he wouldn't do? Oh, okay. There's a big difference in believing about God and believing God to come do this with me. Big difference. This one takes relationship. This one 
Any Tom, Dick, and Harry can believe that. But this one, to believe God to come do it for me, takes a relationship. David started, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to start thanking you. Even before he saw the answer. Even before the promise came through. He had the peace. He rested in the presence of God. And he could thank God. Lord, you know what? Watch. Get your eyes off of resources. Get your eyes off of the resources of God. And put them on the source. Put them on him. Watch this. Business people in here. I don't know why I'm keeping going back to business people. Somebody in here. Watch this. Resources come and go. They're spendable. The source never changes. He stays the same all the time. He knows where the resources are. If you'll stay true to him and hold on to him. And say, Lord, I'm going to serve you where I am. I'm going to put my eyes on you. I'm going to serve you. God will show you where resources are. 